the Sicha and Rosh Hashanah and Vav Tishrei. In the Avtorah and Eshton Tog Rosh Hashanah, the Avtorah that we read on the first day of Rosh Hashanah, Tchilas Sefer Shmuel, which is the beginning of the Sefer Shmuel in Tanakh, Ver Detzel Vegnechana, it tells about Chana Eishas Elkana, who was the wife of Elkana. The Teichen is, and the uh, story there is, Asfriyer is Lachana in Yeladim. First, it tells us that Chana had no children. On the Noach, afterwards, Dorchitfila threw her prayers, Einik and Shilav Mishkan, when she was in the Mishkan that was in Shiloh at the time. She became pregnant with a son, which turned out to be Shmuel Hanavi, the famous prophet Shmuel. The Mechuba von Kriyas Haftar Bachagim. The reason that we read um, the purpose of reading Haftar on a Yom to be by Allah Haftaris, which is true for all Haftaris actually every Shabbos, is is also similar to what is accomplished by the reading of the Torah. When you read the Torah, it's there to teach us a lesson, of course. Um, it's not just telling a story and so on, it is also giving a message and a lesson in life. In the Avaidah von Ayidin, in the type of Avaidah that Ayid has to have, in the Shabbos and in the Chag. Um, so the Avtaira of that Shabbos or of that Yom is also there to teach us a lesson about the Avedah of that Shabbos or that Yom and therefore the same would be true of this vile. even though the reason that is given for why we read this Avtaira on Rosh Hashanah is because Chan is Nifkid Givarim Rosh Hashanah it tells us that Chana became pregnant on Rosh Hashanah. So therefore we read that story on Rosh Hashanah, that's when the miracle happened. But that's not obviously the only reason why we read it on Rosh Hashanah, because the, the uh, Haftarah also has a number of lessons in the Avedah of Na'idim Rosh Hashanah, in regards to the Avedah of Yid on Rosh Hashanah, as well as having a number of lessons in life in Aveda in general, not specifically related to Rosh Hashanah. And since the Aveda that Chana did in order to bring about that she should be blessed with a child, which is, of course, the main theme of the Aveda. And especially in its connection to Rosh Hashanah, is given what was it that she did which caused her to have this blessing it was her prayer that she did that she said in Shiloh in the uh, Mishkan so therefore as it's, uh, it's, uh, it's reasonable to say as the limud ikri from the Aftarah that the main lesson that this Aftarah teaches in regards to the Aveda of Yid on Rosh Hashanah is in Tfilas Chana is in regards to the prayer that Chanag made. Especially according to the opinion that the Shalom brings. As that the prayer that she did, the story took place also on Rosh Hashanah. So therefore it's logical to say that the lesson comes from the type of prayer that she offered and how it's related in the Tanakh. 
<coughs> so we'll understand this by first explaining in the Sipur Vegn Tfilus Chana in regards to the story as it's told about Chana. As Friarat Elia Kainir Angiza Angenumen Al Shikaida. That first Elia Kain, who was in charge of the Mishkan Shile at the time, and he observed Chana praying in a very animated way, very passionate way. So he thought that she was drunk. He just assumed that she was drunk. Because she spoke very passionately. And that's why he rebuked her for that. As it's written in the story there, he said to her, How long, you know, how long could you let this go on that you get drunk and come to the Mishkan? And Chana answered him, No, you're wrong, my master. I am pouring out my heart, my soul, to Hashem. And as the story goes there. So we have to understand about this. Number one, How is it that should have this kind of a mistake from one extreme to another? She was pouring out her heart in the greatest prayer possible and he assumed that she was merely drunk. Instead of being able to recognize that she is praying with true expression of soul, he assumed that she was drunk. Number two, we have to understand even if we'll find some reason why to explain why Ailey made the mistake. We still have to understand why are, does the Torah relate the Tanakh relate about the mistake that Eli made why does it tell us that Eli assumed she was drunk and he rebuked her and then she, he was corrected the Torah doesn't even speak in a derogatory way about an un, uh, impure animal even about an impure animal, the Torah doesn't speak in a derogatory way. Certainly not about Eliakayim. Why would the Torah speak in a. You know, tell us about his mistake. What's the point? Number three. Since he considered it to be drunk, why did he wait in rebuking her until she was finished with her very animated prayer which he thought was the problem so why did he wait until she finished and as Rashi tells us there it says that Eli was watching her mouth so Rashi says what that means is that means he waited until she finished her prayer if he thought that she was drunk and this was a negative way this was an inappropriate way of behaving in the base in the Mishkan so why did he he should have interrupted her as she was doing it and to make sure that she was escorted out of the out of the Mishkan if she was behaving inappropriately in his eyes Gimel from them alem is muchach. So from all this, we can it's, it becomes clear. As Eliot, the batrach nishal shikayre in poshtin zin, 
that Eli did not consider to be drunk in the simple sense of the word nor in the but rather he, he attributed her animated way of davening to something which is it, that's not the proper way to daven in other words like sort of she was out of control in her davening meaning to say since her, her way of davening was that she was perhaps in his opinion overdoing it in in other words that it was, she was so passionate and so animated that he felt that this was more than is appropriate which is something which is not appropriate which is not a, the proper way to do it when a person is standing in the, in the Mishkan and speaking to Hashem so this is not the proper way to do it to overly gesticulate perhaps or you know, too loudly or whatever the issue however she was overdoing her davening in his opinion in summary it wasn't that he thought that she was drunk literally it meant that her, her way of davening of expressing herself in davening was not proper for the mishkan the holy mishkan and, and speaking to Hashem it was overdone when Chana's answer of them is, and Chana responded to this by saying, Hashem, I am pouring out my heart before Hashem. As when the that when you daven in a very animated, passionate way, because your soul is pouring forth, is as nishan inu from shikras and tefillah. That is not overdoing. The uh, something that would be external to me, and I'm I'm making I'm overdoing, you know I'm just uh, showing doing a show of prayer, not other but to the contrary. This is the greatest level of davening when a person's inner soul pours out, bubbles to the surface, and therefore ends up in a in a very passionate, animated way. That is not a negative thing of davening. That is the ultimate way of davening and that's also the connection between the davening of Chana and Rosh Hashanah because this discussion back and forth between Eli HaKoyen and Chana in regards to her way of davening in the Beis it gives us an understanding, a general understanding about the davening of Chana and from Kamet Filus Hashanah, as well as in regards to many of the prayers of Rosh Hashanah itself, as will Kidlakama, as will be explained. In regards to the davening of Rosh Hashanah, we find two contradictory uh, ideas going on at the same time. Rosh Hashanah is the Yem Adin, if Rosh Hashanah is the day of judgment for all the needs of a person. Heim beruchnis veheim begashmis, both your spiritual needs as well as your material needs. The estate, as the pasuk says, kechayk liyisrael hu mishpat lekeyakav. It is the rule. The it's it's the rule when the rules are set for the yidden. It is the judgment of the God of Yaakov. So it, that is explained as follows. Chayk Yisrael, the word Chayk Yisrael, the rules that are set, from Lashon Atirfeni Lechem Chukai, 
which comes from the uh, based on the pasuk that says, "Give me, feed me my my portion of bread." So we see that the word chuki is associated with lechem, with my my portion of needs, of material needs. So therefore, chaykli Yisrael means the day that the Roshan is the time when the material needs of the Yid are in judgment and are going to be set out for the next year. And the judgment for the God of Yaakov is the Dinu That's obviously talking about the judgment about a person's spiritual needs. In other words, how much godly revelation should this person have over this year? As is evidence from the word about the godly, um, the judgment of the godly needs of the person. And that's why on the uh, on Rosh Hashanah we pray for our uh, our children, our life, our health, and our parnasah. As well, we pray for success in our spiritual matters as well. Because that's what the davening is. It, on the one hand, it's praying for our needs on Rosh Hashanah. But on the other hand, we know as the ikra is for Rosh Hashanah, that the main, what's the main thrust of Aveda on Rosh Hashanah, which is for the most part accomplished through davening. That's what we're doing all day in Rosh Hashanah, as well as of course blowing the shofar. But for the most part, the day is taken up by davening. So the davening must be the way in which we are carrying out most of this Aveda. What is the main theme of the Aveda of Rosh Hashanah is that is to declare Hashem to be the king that's what we're doing we are submitting ourselves to Hashem as our king asking that he should become our king again for another year appoint me your king make me your king Hashem asks as we actually say in the davening of Rosh Hashanah rule over the entire world in your glory rule over the whole uh, world the whole earth and other such psukim which are talking about Hashem's reign and kingship over us and the whole world that declaring Hashem to become the king and us submitting to his kingship is how do we accomplish that? By submitting totally and absolutely. We completely and absolutely submit to Hashem's kingdom. So it, it, what, what's needed from us is total submission. By completely putting ourselves under the control of the king. So much so that our own needs become, we don't even feel them, we don't know we're out of touch with our own needs we're talking only about accepting Hashem as the king that's the only need we have right now is Hashem being our king and this kind of submission on the part of the Yidin the response is that Hashem says okay I'll be your king and he accepts being the king for another year
So those are the two things. We ask for our needs, and on the other hand, we ask for Hashem to be our king, and therefore diminishing our own focus and on our own needs. And therefore, these two different avenues of davening are opposite, they go against each other. They're conflicting. They're conflicting. When a person is in total submission to the king, you're not in the mode that you should be able to think about what your personal needs are and therefore request your personal needs. When do you have needs? When you have own desires, when you see your own what is it, what is it that I want? Then you sense your needs, and then you can ask for your needs. But if your goal and your focus of the day is on diminishing your own needs, total bittel on your part, submission on your part, only that Hashem should become the king. So then, where do you? How do you focus on your needs? How are you expressing your needs? And this is true also for your own spiritual needs. Certainly then, in regards to your material needs. And it's really about your material needs that the, the judgment of Rosh Hashanah is going on and the requests are about our material needs. So how is it that if we're in a mode of asking Hashem to be the king and therefore we have to express total submission, how are we focusing on our own needs? Okay, you do have a state in Tikkun and it's well known what it says in the Tikkun as the as divas beten b'yeimah the kipura, that those people that on the day of atonement they ask for and they're focusing on and they're thinking about if they ask for food slicha v'kapara v'chaya atonement and forgiveness and and the life and so on personal needs in other words kasvenu l'chayim write us into a book of life which is all focusing on you I need this, I need that and so on the Zaira says that this is like dogs which constantly bark and they say give me more give me more, this is what I need because they're thinking about themselves and they're not focusing on what the Shechina needs so I need atonement, I need to be forgiven for my sins, I need health I need parnasa. The Zayr says that there is something lacking there. Goes a much further than saying it's lacking. Compares it to a dog saying more and more. So that's on the one hand. But on the other hand, on the other hand, these requests, these personal requests that a person has for their own personal needs were put in to the actual davening. It's part of the davening. Dur Chazalen, who put it in there? It was our own sages, the great sages that put it in there. And they explain that as Demos is the Zman Ratzonayf Miluba Koshes, they explain that during Rosh Hashanah is a, an opportune time to express your needs. That's when Hashem will fulfill your needs. And from this we understand that one could say, well, we're not really focused on it, but the Chachamim said that you should say it. So we say it, even though we don't really feel it. We're not really into asking for our own needs, 
But, you know, that's what the prayer says. So fine, I'll say the words as they are written in the Siddur. But my, my intent, oh no, I'm focused on total submission. My needs are unimportant, but what should I do? The Chacham is said to say it. But it seems that it's more than just that, Kabbalah Since Hashem instructed a Yid to express his needs, Rosh Hashanah, on Rosh Hashanah, so this is just uh, furthering the idea of Kabbalah Soil. Hashem said that a prayer should express his needs on Rosh Hashanah. So I'm doing what Hashem said. I'm expressing my needs. Nor in an oifen. So it's not only that. Nor in an oifen as a hot and behergish in the tzrochem amuvokashim. But that it's done in a way that you have to put your feelings into into those prayers. You're not meant to gloss over those prayers. You're meant to put feeling into those prayers, even the ones that talk about your own personal needs. So therefore, so we see that even though on the one hand the Zayar says that this is, you know, that's what you're into on Rosh Hashanah, but on the other hand, that's what the davening is about. And, and davening is meant to be done with passion and feeling, not just to say the words. Which means, on the one hand, a person needs to have a need for it. You have to want it. Your, your heart has to be into that davening as well. Those parts in which you ask for your own personal needs. Uh, so if you're going to feel about your needs, you're going to do it with feeling, so then you have to understand, these are my needs, and I feel my own needs, and therefore I'm passionate about my own needs. Margazine does has felt him, you have to be able to feel, this is a need that I have, and therefore I feel, I daven with my heart, because I really do need it. So you have to feel what it is that you need. In other words, there is a focus on your own needs, and who you are, and what you are, and this is what I need. On zusammen the mid, but at the same at the same time, you have to be focused on completely focused on tam lichunei aleichem, which which means total submission. which requires a complete submission to Hashem, because you want Him to become the King. So that negates what I need. So the two are somehow working together. They have to work to alongside each other. But they are contradictory in what they, in what they expect of you. So this is a difficulty that we have with the davening of Rosh Hashanah that it seems to be pulling you in two opposite directions. Hey, the truth is that we could ask this question, this Obashayla, this very same question. You could say the same thing about the davening of all year, not just of Rosh Hashanah. By the Tfilif and Shemin Esra is the Mispaul Kaimid of Neamelech. When a Yidam is Shemin Esra, it's like standing before the king. When you're standing in front of the king, you're not allowed to express any focus on yourself. It, the focus is on the king. You never draw attention to yourself and your own uh, ego, your own self. 
and it goes so far as that we find in Gemara, the Gemara says as a that even if somebody makes the slightest motion in front of the king which is not part of focusing on the king for that alone a person could be you know could deserve the death sentence and so on the one hand the davening Shemineser is in a way of complete and utter bittel to Hashem at the same time they instituted for every year, single year that happens Shemineser in Nusach it's in the brachas of Shemineser the Yudbeis brachas in Tzoyz the 12 middle brachas after the first three and then at the end there's another three but in the middle you have the 12 those teichnan is shaylitzrochab that the, 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 the 12 brachas express different needs that we have. Give me wisdom, give me uh, health, give me blessing in my crops, and so on, in my parnasa. So that's, uh, every Shemineser seems to have the same contradiction. But there is, a, in fact, a great difference between the regular davening of every day and the davening as it is on Rosh Hashanah. Because Bachol Ashana all year Noch Darachtaruf and Rosh Hashanah, which means after we've already accomplished that Hashem has been crowned the King on Rosh Hashanah and has accepted to run the world for us for another year, is the Eivish to Kaviyachol Amelech. So then Hashem's position now is He is the King. Vosfirt Amit Amadina and a King. Runs conducts the affairs of the country. The far is done the bittel from the bnei amadin. It's a melech in an oifen. Therefore, the subservience of the people of the country, the citizens of the country, to the king are in a way as his herzichon as his do ametzias in the tzrochim. So now <clears throat> the people become the subjects of the king, and the king's mission is to fulfill the needs of the people. And therefore, his relationship with the people is about their needs. So their needs do have a place in their relationship with the king. As opposed to when you're asking the king to be the, to be the king, over there, there's total and absolute subservience. Your own needs are not the issue. Please be our king. Not be our king and give us things. Be our king. Later, when he becomes the king, it becomes at least somewhat about give us the things that we need. Because the king is, of course, running the country and therefore is the one that needs to provide the needs of the people. The only difference is that when you're standing in front of the king, when you're standing, standing in front of the king, you have to exhibit, it has to be recognized on your behavior that you are not independent, you are completely dependent on the king. And that's why when you're standing there, it's total subservience to the king. You don't have any, uh, you don't even make a move, a motion, which is about yourself. It's only about the king. But the relationship in general with the king is... He is the king, we have the needs, he has to supply the needs. But when we are in the mode that we have to in, 
encourage or convince Hashem to become the king, then it is noch merumen un abgetragen von an hagesamalucha, which means at that moment he is still at that time he is still removed from becoming the king. He hasn't yet decided that he wants to lower himself and run the affairs of the world. Then there is a, a, a requirement for a much greater submission to his will. This is the kind of total submission in which nothing other than the king is brought up at all. There is no mention of anything other than the king. So the question is, so the question is, all year we can understand Hashem is already accepted to be the king. The job of the king is to provide needs, so therefore we express our needs. But on Rosh Hashanah, when the whole purpose of the davening is in order to get the king to accept to be the king, what are you talking about your own needs? He hasn't even accepted to be the king. Get him to accept to be the king, then you'll be able to talk about your own needs. Vav, the beer So to explain this. This that a yid asks expresses his own needs on Rosh Hashanah. The reason we ask for things on Rosh Hashanah is should be not because of what I will gain from it. Not so that I will have a lot of money in the bank. Other afila ribin yonim ruchmir, even um, uh, a lot of spiritual things for myself. Nor al tzemshuk tzadavayde from tam luchuni alechen. What we're saying is, we asked you to become a king. As a part of this, we need things in order to be able to promote you as the king. We need to be able to further this objective of. You be our king. So there are things that we need. There's a budget that you need to have in order to be able to carry out whatever it is you need. There are sp- spiritual needs. You have to have knowledge of Torah. You have to have commitment to Yerushalayim. There are things which you need in order to promote Tamlichuni Aleichem to further that objective. And that's what we should be asking for. In order that we should be able, that Hashem should be able to carry out His being the King over the whole world, as in the that in the whole world shall be felt the the fact that Hashem is the King of the world. How is this accomplished? How does this happen? That's because a yid gets involved in matters of the world and turns them into a place where Hashem can be sensed and felt and recognized. And since every yid has certain sparks of holiness that are in, in, which are in the world, which are the mission of his particular soul, of this yid's soul, and this is something that this particular Yid must be the one to elevate and refine. And where does he find these sparks of holiness that only he can elevate? It's in the material things that Hashem has placed in his orbit. That's why the Yid asks Hashem. 
as Hashem should send his way those things which are meant for him to elevate. So that I will have the ability to elevate and do my part in that big mission of be the king of the world. We want Hashem to be the king of the world, which means we want the whole world to recognize Him as the king of the world. How do we do this? By elevating material things in the world, bringing them closer to Hashem. This way the whole world becomes a place for Hashem. My mission is to do it with a certain amount of Netzusus Kedusha, holy sparks, which is found in material things. So we pray to Hashem, send me the material things that I am the one that need to, needs to elevate. And that's what the meaning of, Rosh, of praying for material needs is. It's all in furtherance of the bittle to be our king, and therefore give us the thing that will allow us to further that objective. So therefore, if that's how you go about it, so it comes out that even when you ask for your own personal needs on Rosh Hashanah, it's not about me at all. That's not what the, the purpose of praying for things on Rosh Hashanah is. Because all I want is that I should have the things that I need in order to promote but to the contrary, does kum dafkim etzadem tachos habitulim that the prayer for those needs comes because of my total subservience to Hashem. In velachem mishteid by the avodif nachtaros amelach, because a person is in total submission to Hashem and His agenda when he asks Hashem to become the king, therefore he needs those things which he's going to be able to do to further that objective. Because the elevation of the sparks, the refinement of those sparks, is connected to the essence of the neshama. How do we know that? Because just as the ultimate purpose of why Hashem created the world in the first place was because He wanted a place in this lower world and how do we accomplish that through refining the sparks in the lower worlds so that desire that Hashem has to, be, to have a place in the lower worlds that is rooted in the essence and the very ultimate essence of Hashem that comes from the core essence of Hashem so the same is true for the Yidin as well the Yidin who are the ones that are going to actually carry out this ultimate desire of Hashem the ultimate purpose of why Hashem created the world so just like the desire for it comes from the essence of Hashem so the ability to carry it out also comes by the Yidin from the essence of their soul so therefore and since now we're talking about something that comes from the essence of the soul and in the essence of the soul you can't even talk about what are your own personal desires because the essence of the soul is completely connected and in a perfect embrace with Hashem oneness 
together with oneness, the oneness of the Yid, together with the oneness of Hashem, is fashtandig, so it's understandable, that when a Yid expresses requests, on Rosh Hashanah Kedetzah in the Kabbalah in order to have the, the needs that he the things that he needs in order to be able to carry out this ultimate purpose is the request for it comes from total and absolute submission that comes from the essence of the soul because when a Yid is asking for Tam Aleichem that brings out the essence of his neshama because he completely submits to Hashem so it's only about the essence of neshama and the essence of the neshama is the one asking for these needs and therefore how could that be about me it can't be about me it's only about the objective and the purpose and the will of Hashem so that explains how one can ask for personal needs at Rosh Hashanah and it doesn't conflict with tam lichuni aleichem with total submission However, you could still ask the question. The Chachamim, our sages, put the prayer for personal needs into the davening of Rosh Hashanah, which is recited by every single Yid. In Yedin, any Yid, wherever, in whatever situation he happens to be, or she happens to be. And since everybody knows very well about themselves, that his requests for material needs and also spiritual needs is We all know that we're not asking in the purest sense of the world word that we just need these things in order to carry out Hashem's will. I know that I'm not there. We, I mean, everybody knows about themselves that this is not really ultimately the truth. But at least somewhat, to some people more, to some people less, but it's somewhat that I'm asking for my own needs. I am in trouble. I have difficulties. I need to be relieved from my difficulties. And we're asking that Hashem should fulfill my needs, my needs, not Hashem's needs. And that He should do it from His open and full hand, the way Hashem is able to. In fact, the real meaning of the mitzvah of davening is about this. As it's explained in the brachas of davening, or, uh, which you know you ask for your needs. On in the Rebbe stayed the Milo on Uftuf and Filush Yisrapa Chelbier Degeshem, and that is actually what defines the real, the perfect davening that you ask Hashem that the the sick person should be re, um, relieved, uh, healed, and he becomes healed, and that, or that you're praying for rain and the rain comes. So in other words, the real davening in its original, in its most purest state, meaning what it is really about is that when a Yid has a need, he should turn to Hashem for that need. So we all know that we're really davening for ourselves as well. It's not purely altruistic and all about Hashem. So it would make more sense if on Rosh Hashanah they wrote prayers in which you don't even mention your own personal needs. 
you're, it, you just talk about Hashem's needs. That's all. Tam lechune aleichem would be the whole davening. The whole davening would be about talking about Hashem as the king. It would be filled with words that encourage and promote total submission and accepting Hashem as the king. At least then there would be no question, there would be no contradiction. And it would make some, some sense as well. Because Rosh Hashanah and Kibbutz, these are times when the uh, Hashem, the source of light, comes close to the sparks of light, which means to us, our Neshamas are a spark of the big source of light, which is Hashem. And Hashem comes close to the spark. Therefore, because the spark is so in proximity, in close proximity to the source of light, so it brightens the light. The, the spark of light and therefore every yid could manage to become encouraged and awakened to a in a completely new different way than it would be on a regular day so that you want to become closer to Hashem and therefore to forget about your own personal needs for a, a little bit for the day or for the two days and therefore that the whole focus will be not about my own needs today the focus is I want to become closer to Hashem it could make sense if we weren't forced to speak I need parnasa and I need health and but how could you demand how could you request how could you expect from every single yid as by emzel zayn that you should have to be able to be able to manage both extremes at the same time I have to be cognizant and talk about and daven about my own personal needs and that I have to have a feeling because davening has to be with feeling that Hashem should fulfill those personal needs of mine and at the same time I'm expected that this should only be in order to promote the agenda of Hashem it's all about that it's all about what Hashem needs you want me to talk about my parnosah difficulties but it's all about Hashem how could, how could a yid manage that you know, that's a contradictory... You're pulling me in two opposite directions. How do I manage that? If we made Rosh Hashanah all about... It's not about you anymore. Today is about Hashem. Okay, you could manage it for one day. So we'll understand this based on what the Baal Shem Tov said, explained about the Pasuk, they are hungry, they are also thirsty, their soul is wrapped up in it. That's a pasuk in Tilim. So that the Baal Shem Tev explains as the hunger and darsh naguf. He says that what this pasuk is saying is that when a yid is hungry, when a yid is thirsty, which means you feel physical hunger and thirst, so adava meichel, so you, you're hungry to eat a certain uh, some food or, or drink. The reason why you feel physical hunger is because your soul is hungry for that food your soul is hungry for that drink 
the nefesh vil mevaras and the netzutzik tushuv the meichel mashke. Why is your soul hungry for that food? Because the soul senses that in the food is a spark of holiness that you are meant to elevate. So therefore, the soul wants to get his hands on, wants you to get your hands on that food, and eat it and ingest it, so that through this you're able to elevate it. That's why you feel physical hunger to it. It's driven by the soul, driving the body to want that food. Because this spark in that piece of food is your area that you specifically are meant to elevate. That's why your soul is uh, driven to get it. Does haste, in other words. So that's how he explains Ravim Gamtsmeim. You're hungry, you're thirsty. That's because your soul is wrapped up in this whole thing. It comes from the soul. Does haste, in other words, as Chaj, the mensch filled blows and a tevis hunger, so as him it's That even though the person only feels the physical hunger the, to eat a physical piece of food because the body craves it is a suburb is their hunger for the neshama but the truth is that it's the hunger that's coming it originates in the soul so the the, the soul is hungry for the sparks of holiness that are in that food because that's my area of elevation that's what I'm supposed to accomplish in this world the same is true in our matter the fact that a Yid pours out his heart on Rosh Hashanah, as the Eved Shazolim Geben Srocha Bagashim Varuchim that Hashem should fulfill my physical, material, and spiritual needs, is Afal Piyaz Bechitzenis is Mitzad the Roif Vas Im is Negeya the Inyanim from Bonachayim Azayne. So even though on the surface, in our minds we understand it to be because we need food. We need children, we need health, and so on. Or we need nachas from our children. In Unzaimetzias, and it's all about me because this is what I want and need. The truth is, the MS is, and the Pneumis from the Shvichas and Nefesh, what is really underlying that passionate feeling that you want these blessings? Their hunger for the Shama, it's really coming driven by the, hung, the hunger, so to speak, of the soul. To fulfill the Hashem's ultimate, vast, eternal plan for the world. is because Hashem has a need for us to make it into a spiritual thing. And that this is how we bring Hashem into the world. And that's what the Neshama wants. So therefore, it's expressed as a physical need on our part. But underlying it is really a drive which comes from the Neshama. The contrary, does gufa was mezet the very fact that we see as idin very nesayde bamzogim nesana teikif mianuach that a yid becomes when does a yid become passionate in the davening of Rosh Hashanah when you talk about a nesana teikif who's going to have a comfortable life who you know uh, who will die who will live those are the, that's when yidin start to cry that's when the crying goes on in the shul from tiffinish and hearts and that's when you see passionate feelings come to life. And the passion there is much more than when you when you're saying become the king of the whole world. You don't see people crying and fainting by that by those psukim. Is that proves as that this is really 
how it truly is. How is it truly so? Varam af tam goli of them is that even though the on the revealed on the external, what's the reason that we get passionate over there? Because since our neshama is implanted into a guf, so therefore physical material things are much closer to our experience, and therefore they get to us much more than the spiritual things that we pray for. So that's the reason why we cry by uh, by Nasana Taikif and not by Mulaikhalum Kulit. Is of the Tamp Nimi from them, but the re- the true inner reason for this is is because Hashem ultimately wants that all Yiddishkeit should be carried out in the lower worlds, in the material things. And that's why it also gets to the, to the Yid, that that's what triggers a Yid, because that's what triggers Hashem. Since Hashem's ultimate purpose is the material world, that's why Yid is also triggered by the material world. And he cries in connection with the material world. That's what's going on inside. To us it seems that we're just, you know, we like good things, we like material things. But the reason is because Hashem ultimately wants that. That's why the Neshama is triggered by that. And that's why the Yid is triggered by that. And that's why Yid becomes inflamed and passioned by the by the request for material things and which really where it originates from what causes it is because the neshama is moved to to be able to fulfill Hashem's ultimate purpose of the world to make this world into a place for Hashem so even though it doesn't seem so to us, but the truth is that that's where it comes from. Tess. And one could say, That this is also the reason why we were told that the Chachamim established that we should say of the story of Chana on Rosh Hashanah. And that included in that is also Ailey's view of the matter till when are you going to be drunk on your prayer the of an Ailey is given what was Ailey's problem what was he saying when a person is standing before Hashem in front of the Holy of Holies which is where she was standing she was standing in the Mishkan by the Mishkan Daphne Zayn you're standing right next to the Kotshei Kadoshim. The only thing in your mind should be, you're next to the Kotshei Kadoshim. What can I do for Hashem? What does this mean to me? What does being in such close proximity to Hashem mean? Eli was saying, That's not, this is not a time to ask for your own personal needs. When I feel in not even for such an elevated and exalted request as please give me children. And certainly not in the way that Hannah was doing that she was so passionately davening for it. She was totally into it. 
That's what you're davening for when you're standing in front of the Kodesh Hakadoshim. Das is doch a von shikrus von irguta, von doch egen eben satel nasacharitzaynis. This is what Eli said is called. You're drunk on your needs. You're drunk on your on your prayers. It's all about you and what your needs are. They're very important needs, no question. Especially children. Those are very important needs. But being, standing in front of the Kodesh Gadashim, that's what you're thinking about? That's what you're so passionate about? Your desires are so powerful that you don't even realize where you're standing. Don't you realize you're standing in front of the Kodesh Gadashim? That's what you're thinking about? That was Eli's approach. I am pouring out my soul to Hashem. Not only is my request for children, not that I am totally um, drunk on my own needs, nor but to the contrary. What's happening here is the essence of my soul is coming forth, is bubbling out. And when does the essence of the soul come forth? That's when you're standing in front of Hashem, when you're standing in front of the Kedosh when you when you ask for Hashem, when you're in the face of Hashem, that's when your own f- uh, face, when your own inside comes out. And that this, my essence of my soul, has no personal desires. It, this is the essence of my soul coming to the surface. There are no personal desires in the essence of my soul. The whole essence of the soul is only about being connected to Hashem and one with Hashem. So she was saying, why do I want children? Not because I need somebody to play with. It's because my child has to be completely committed to Hashem. Has to be the Navi, you know, she was hoping for that, to have a good child that will serve Hashem in a perfect way. That's what it's all about. The And that's why. Now we understand why in her request for children she immediately pledged to Hashem as that if you do give me children I will dedicate him, I will give him over to Hashem for his whole life he, and he, which he became Shmuel Anovi his whole life will need not be about himself nor but it will be completely dedicated to Hashem because I ask not for children for my own sake nor only because this is for Hashem's sake that I'm asking for a child because the essence of my soul knows that I need a child in order to dedicate it to Hashem and that's the ultimate purpose of the creation and that's what I'm all about and where does that come out? Dafke in the Beis Amigdash Dafke in Shila in the Mishkan like he said Dafke in Rosh Hashanah that's what comes out Yud 
on the fire at Yedet Ida Iraba Vedosi is Baruch and Zayn Tfilu Barosh Hashanah and therefore and the, from this not the fire the fun from this every Yid has a lesson in his service of Hashem and in his davening on Rosh Hashanah as is Nish Genug but the Pnimi is from the Yid and the boy it's not enough that your that Neshama on the inside is fine is perfect not the Pnimi is Dafariz but that what's inside you has to be revealed to the outside as well on the fire and therefore, when a yid stands on Rosh Hashanah, and he's asking for his own personal needs, material needs, or even spiritual needs. Is does the bechinas eli There is also the eli of his soul. that one might come to you and say to you, What are you? <laughs> You're all drunk about your own needs. You're all full of yourself. You're focused only on yourself. What is the son of Rosh Hashanah? You're thinking about the material needs. Your own personal needs. That's what you want to talk about when you're talking about anointing the king as the, the new king of the, once again as the king of the world. That's the Eli within you speaking. Even though this thought might occur to you, you still have to ask for those things because the contrary. Because that will bring out the answer that Chana gave. As by this is true for every yid. Even the yid that is still thinking about his needs only for himself he doesn't really have in mind that this is ultimately to serve the, the agenda of Hashem even such a yid is the pnimis from the bakasha what's really going on what is the inner uh, the inner soul's needs for this request this is your soul pouring out before Hashem this is a pouring forth of the inner dimension of your soul, and the inner dimension of your soul is attached to Hashem and completely united with Hashem. And this is really where it's coming from. You may not recognize it at this point, but that's really where it's coming from. And just like the answer that Chana gave him completely he accepted it it totally answered anything any problem that he had so much so that Eli agreed with her that he also added his bracha to her to her prayer and he gave her an assurance as in them he gave her the blessing and also the assurance that Hashem will give you your request that you request from him Eli agreed with her prayer and he even gave her an assurance that it will happen so also Hashem fulfills the request of Eviyid for a good and sweet year in the literal sense in good which is seen that you can see and reveal it's not hidden good it's revealed good children, health, parnasa, ubekulam, revicha, and all of them should be in an abundant way.